In my last podcast, we talked about why kids are perceived as lazy. And we talked a little bit about how I have never met a kid that it's truly, honestly, just plain lazy. And there are things that promote that laziness and that usually behind that image or that perception that the kid is lazy, there's a sense of overwhelm, confusion, or frustration that the kid is experiencing, that the young adult is experiencing. Today, I would like to use our time together to expand a little bit on that idea and talk a bit more about motivation and then how do we move them away from acting out their frustration, their confusion, or their overwhelm in a way that we perceive as lazy and how maybe we can promote uh, a bit more motivation, a bit more self-determination, and a bit more action from our young people. Is your family ready for whatever comes next? As we watch our realities transform almost overnight, parents, teachers, and significant adults wonder, are our kids really ready for this new world? How can we be sure they have all the tools they need? How can we inspire, encourage, and empower them to create secure futures in an uncertain world? How can we help them design better tomorrows? Those are the questions, and this podcast explores the answers. I'm Marcia Amaro, and welcome to Sincerely Speaking. So there is this amazing theory that I've been studying um, more carefully as of late. And um, actually, the first time I heard about it was from one of my mentors, Gretchen Wagner, who is a an academic life coach, and she certifies other coach and sh- coaches, and she is actually the one that got me started on my journey into academic coaching per se. And we were talking about, actually as part of my Ultimate Family Connection Summit last year, about the question of motivation. Because I hear so often parents and caring adults just asking, how can we motivate young people to do what they need to do? to be more effective with their time and to actually move in a direction that is positive and that can lead them to ultimate success. And I see all the time these young people with such untapped potential. And I know that that sounds trite and it sounds just like cheesy almost, but it's the truth. I have seen so many young people with this massive amount of potential that they're not even aware of. And as caring adults, we do wonder, what can we do to motivate them? What can we do to inspire them, to help them move in a direction that is more productive and more positive, where we can stop worrying about what's going to happen with them in the future and start being more um, excited about the prospects, right? So self-determination theory has caught my attention, like I said, based on my conversation with Gretchen Wagner, but also as I have been studying more, studying it more and more, because it makes perfect sense to me, not just from a theoretical standpoint, but from everything that I have seen in my almost 30 years of working with teens and families and children. Plus, it ties in perfectly with some of the key teachings that I share with my clients and the parents that I work with. One of the main things that I always talk about is making our parent, our parenting, right, or leading our family in a way that is strengths-based, in a way that maximizes everybody's strengths, and that takes in, into account the fact that we are all different, and that is awesome. 
that being different is the greatest gift that we can have because if everybody in the world was the same, where would the world end up? So self-determination theory takes into account a lot of those things that I have been sharing with parents throughout my years of working with teens and families. And what I would love for you, for us to do today in this conversation is dive a little bit into the three core elements or the three core aspects that create self-determination theory. And I would love for us to talk a little bit about how we can apply those three main principles and the whole theory of self-determination to our leading our families in a strength-based approach that promotes our family culture and that moves us in the direction that we want to go. Are you ready? Awesome. So the first element in self-determination theory is autonomy. Now autonomy is that feeling or that sense that you have a choice in what you do, that you have a certain degree of um, decision-making in what happens in your life and in what you do or don't do. That when you do something is because you are willing to do it and that you are the one deciding ultimately what is in your best interest and what isn't, right? All of that falls into the realm of authority. And I'm sorry, autonomy. So one of the things that I've talked about in the past and that I think bears mentioning right now is that when kids act out of any age, whether it's toddlers, children, teens, tweens, or young adults, when they act out in a way that is not necessarily what we want them to be doing or the way we want them to act, is typically because they are looking for one of two things. They're either looking for greater attention and understanding, which go together, or they're looking for greater control. And the autonomy piece falls into that. And we've talked in other conversations about how one of the best practices and one of the best habits you can get into is instead of engaging in a back and forth with your young people, people in your life, offer them two choices. Now the trick for, from the parent's side, and kids are smart, they buy into this anyway, but once they realize that these are the only two choices they're going to get, they stop caring about it. But from the parent perspective, both of the choices you're giving them are choices that you can live with as a parent. Now you should try especially as the young people get older, to make one of the choices come as close as possible to what they want to do. But make sure that the two choices that you give them, and it's only two, both are choices that you can live with. So let's say, for instance, that your kid wants to go out with their friends and stay out till 3 o'clock in the morning. Now, you can't live with them staying out till 3 o'clock in the morning. In fact, you're not crazy about them going out with their friends. But, okay, you can live with letting your kid go if you drive and they're back by midnight or if whoever they're going with comes to your house, has a conversation with you, and agrees to bring them back by midnight. Those are the two things that you can live with. So tell your kid that, okay, these are your two choices. You want to go out with your friends? Either I drive you and I pick you up at midnight, or whoever is driving you comes and talks to me first, and they agree to bring you back by midnight. And I also have to feel confident and comfortable with the person who's driving you. Those are the two choices. So either they pick one of those two or they don't go. 
and you are giving them a certain sense of autonomy within the range of what they are capable of handling at their age and at their stage but at the same time the two choices you're giving them are choices that you're comfortable with that you can live with so what that do what that does is it helps them feel like they had some say in the process now try to be as fair as possible and again try whenever possible to make one of the choices come really close to what they want to do if it's not possible it's not possible but try right and that starts getting them involved not only in feeling like they have some control and some autonomy in the process but it also helps them uh, learn how to go through this whole decision making process and how to narrow things down and how to pick the things that are best for them the second element then within the self-determination theory is competence and competence is the same thing I always say when I talk about look for ways to help children, young people feel like they are working on their strengths and not on their weaknesses all the time. So one of the main things that quelches motivation, that just destroys it, is when they feel like they are incapable of doing what they're being asked to do. Like whatever task they have in front of them is too difficult for them. So whatever it is that we're trying to motivate them to do, we have to try if we want to motivate them and if we want that motivation to be less and self-directing we should try to figure out how we can tie in their strengths their levels of competence and mastery into the activity that we are asking them to perform so is there some way that they can pair up with someone else who can compensate for their weaknesses is there some way that out of all the different to do's within the activity or within the task they can simply be responsible for the ones that they are strongest as at right that doesn't mean that they're never going to try the things that they're weaker at because then they can never grow and improve right but if they must do something that you know it's one of their weaknesses can you model it for them can you start it out with them can you walk them through a step by step on okay what would be the first thing you need to do if you need to do this Okay, go do that. When you're finished with that, come and we'll figure out the next one. Or if it's a young person that can actually retain multiple steps, okay, what are these steps, all of the steps? What would be the best one to do first? Then what do we do? Then what do we do? How do we know when we're finished? And walk them through it. Don't just send them to do something that they feel they don't have mastery on because that is when they are going to pick something else to do that feels comfortable and that they feel they can be successful in and they will deviate from doing what you have asked them to do. Finally, the last element in motivation is relatedness. So this has, in my opinion, two different um, branches to it. Now, usually in self-determination theory, relatedness is one of them, right? It's looking at the world around you and feeling like you belong to a group, like you belong in this thing we call family, like there is an actual place for you, like if you weren't around, you would be missed, and like you're needed for some reason, right? So that is the main part of relatedness when it comes to self-determination theory. But I also think that there's another vertient to it, um, another uh, factor there, another variable. And in relatedness, I also think how relevant is the task to their lives? How important is it really for this to get done from their perspective? Is it really going to make 
any kind of a difference in their life, whether this thing gets done or not. So when you think, for example, about chores, we ask them to take out the garbage, for instance. How important is it to them that the garbage gets taken out? Well, really not very, right? But if somehow we can have a conversation and impress upon them, look, if the garbage doesn't get taken out, the house is going to start to stink. And then flies are going to come in. And then it's going to be bugs all over the place. And it's going to get really disgusting. Or if the garbage doesn't get taken out, then I get in a really bad mood. And then I start nagging you because I asked you to do something. Then the next time you ask me to do something, I might not be as understanding because you weren't understanding of my needs, right? So we can have all these conversations in a way that helps them see how because they do belong to this group we call a family, these things become important to them, if not directly, at least as a, a snowball effect type of situation where if you don't get it done, then all of these things are going to start happening. This whole process is uh, put into effect, which will eventually come back and bite you in the rear, right, so to speak. So it's really important to help them see from their perspective why what they're doing is important in their life, why it will affect them directly, but also how participating in this, collaborating in this, makes them such a valuable, integral, important part of this group that they belong to and that we call family. So again, if we're looking at how to help our kids navigate away from this perceived laziness and into a realm of self-determined motivation that moves them to collaborate more, to do more, to be more engaged with things around our families, according to self-determination theory, there are three things that we should try to put into place, right? The first one, again, is giving them a sense of autonomy, a sense of somehow having a choice and of being in some level of control over their own lives, their own choices, and the things that they are asked to do. The second one is competence. How can we help them navigate whatever it is that they have to do from a strength-based perspective? How can we help them feel like they have some sort of mastery of what they need to do? And if they don't have it yet, what kinds of things can we do to actually equip them, to give them the tools they need? to move into that sense of competence and mastery. And finally, how can we help them relate, not just to the relevance of the task to their lives, but also to how participating in that task makes them part of a grander um, group, of a greater group, of a greater purpose that is belonging to a family and contributing to it in more ways than just one. This is Marcia Mara, and I want to sincerely thank you for spending this time with me. I know you have a million things to do with your time, so I don't take lightly the fact that you have chosen to spend these few minutes with me. If you have found value in anything that I've shared today, please share it with someone else that you know might benefit from it. And I invite you to head on over to ttc.marciamaro.com where you can download your free copy of the Tough Talks Checklists, which walks you through all the different steps that you should take in order to turn difficult, challenging, confronting conversations into peaceful, productive positive conversations that create a winning scenario for everybody involved.
Until next time, continue sharing and let's raise together confident, enterprising, empowered leaders who are ready to change this world. I will see you next time on Sincerely Speaking.